I just met Ryan, and I already miss him. What in the world? Uh, quick introduction. I only know a few of you, but I, my name's Jason Phillips, and I'm a pastor over at Sojourners Church, which is over in the Garnett community with Solidarity, who you guys have been partners with for a very long time. And uh, so I'm a pastor there, and I help run a collaborative of churches in Fullerton. And I love all my churches in Fullerton, and um, I consider them family and friends and an encouragement. Um, and you were the only church in Placentia that I feel the same way about. Uh, only because I know you. Um, I know you might not know who I am, and I, but I know of your church. And so being here today is really a gift for me. And I thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, only know a handful of you, but I know you because we've been partners in ministry for a long time. Um, started a little Monday night youth church that one of your adult groups would bring food for. So met Craig and Vicki. I've walked miles with Craig and Vicki on um, a walk for immigration. Um, and Mindy and I have been down to Mexico, which I'm sure she's talked about with the Global Immersion Project. And so this is fun for me. And when I found out that, um, that Tobin had retired, um, my heart just went out to you. Um, because I know um, the grief, the loss, the disorientation that that can bring. And I've been praying for you ever since. And a couple weeks ago, I got to see a few of my friends from here as we did a little street carnival over in the Garnett community. I said, if there's anything I can do. And they're like, well, hey, can you teach for us? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was just really wording why I would help, not actually. And so I said, I don't know, let me check. And they immediately came back with a date. Um, and I went to my church community. And some of that church community is here today. And as you've been a blessing and a gift, um, we want to be that for you today. Um, and I was thinking about what passage to do this morning. And I thought about Psalm 23 because Psalm 23 is a psalm that I soak in almost on a daily basis and, and brings life to me. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to bring life to this community. But then um, I landed on 2 Corinthians 4 about the treasure that we carry in these jars of clay. And um, I thought about that because I know you because we're on mission together. And that's what Paul's writing. He's writing to his, his fellow partners in ministry as they're viewing him and, and what he's going through. And saying, don't worry. Don't be concerned because we carry this treasure. Um, and he's speaking about an identity that we all share. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 
trying to use the language of congregations because we're all part of one church. You guys are just another congregation not far from us. But we're all a part of the same family. And so 2 Corinthians 4.1, it says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry. Because of God, we have this work and ministry. And this ministry, we have this treasure of this ministry in jars of clay. And in 4.15, the grace that is reaching more and more people for the glory of God. That metaphor of the jars of clay to describe the church community uh, in this everyday pot. This, this disposable, fragile kitchen utensil. The, the language is really household utensil made of earth. And that's what we are. We're fragile. We're, we're not thinking special on the outside, but what makes us special is the indwelling presence and the identity that we share in God. We are God's beloved, and we are his beloved community. Um, to kind of touch on that, um, to connect it to my church family, we've been in Lamentations, which, by the way, is a pretty heavy book. Um, a lot of grieving, a lot of sadness, a lot of suffering. And what happens in, in, in Israel as a community uh, They've been beaten up, battered, and left. And that remaining community in Jerusalem, while, while the rest are in captivity in Babylon, in exile, they're left in this community to try and figure out and pick up the pieces of what does it mean. And they come to a realization that we thought we were fantastic and great as Israel. We were God's chosen. Um, and what they're figuring out is that we were special and chosen not because of what we had uh, or, or God picking us somehow. We were special and chosen because of God's presence. And now that presence is gone. But church, um, God's presence is here. And so I want you to be encouraged and know that you are God's beloved community. I want to spend some time in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 18. And um, we live busy, fast lives. There's a lot coming at us. There's many voices demanding our attention. And not often enough do we just sit and listen. And so I'm going to do what we do in our church and... Um, we're just going to listen quietly to this passage. I'm going to read it twice. We're going to start with some silence. And I'll read it through once and just listen for a word or a phrase that God may be bringing to your attention. I'll leave some silence again and I'll read it again and allow that word or phrase to really start to attach as you meditate and chew on that. And, and begin to ask God, what are you inviting me to? What are you trying to tell me, us, this morning? And then I'll close that silence with an amen, okay? 
So just take some time to quiet yourself, to center yourself, and then just listen to God's word. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Just sit, listen to that word or phrase. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, 
so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes to see your goodness and your presence, not only at work in our own lives, but in the lives of those around us. May we rest and know that though we may be stressed and while we may want to lose heart, that, Lord, that you are still at work and your kingdom is not just fine, but it's thriving. Lord, help us to see that thriving. Lord, help us to thrive as well. It's in your name. Amen. I feel like I could just leave right now, but I'm a pastor who likes to hear the sound of his own voice, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, there's a story of an ambassador in the United States from England, Sir Oliver Franks. And it was at the, the end of the Second World War when the Cold War was just beginning. And as an ambassador, <clears throat> he had to constantly send communication back and forth over the Atlantic. And he was the confidant of so many both here in the States and abroad. And he always had to get these urgent messages back and forth, and he knew over the phone lines that they were most likely bugs. So any really important or secret information, they had like, a, I don't know what it looked like, but some sort of urgent top secret bag that was transported, transported back and forth. But when it was the most urgent and most top secret message, he would just put it in a plain envelope. Because no one would think to look for something so important and valuable in a simple envelope. And, and that's what Paul's describing here. That it, it's, it's not the outside and what others may see as the outside, or maybe even how you see yourself, that's, that's what's important. What's important is what you contain. And that's the glory and the message of God. 
And, and the Corinthians had been looking at Paul's life, you know, and, and from stories, he wasn't much to look at. And on the outside, maybe you would even think he was failing, right? Because here he is in jail. Here he is losing the battle, so to speak. And the Corinthians, right, in this culture of exceptionalism and pride and hierarchy, Paul's not much of someone to follow. And he's saying, you're right, I'm, I'm not much to follow. But God is. My identity is that I am filled with God's presence. I am God's beloved. Not because of what I do or what I look like, what I accomplish, but because of him and what he's doing. And so why things may not always look the best, to understand that God is always thriving and flourishing. But we're in this kind of formation mode, right? We're constantly being renewed. We're constantly getting formed. Um, One of my favorite Christian theologians, Dallas Willard, says, we all get a formation. It's just a matter of which one, right? We're all being formed and shaped by those around us, by our culture, by by where we live. But the problem is we don't always recognize what's forming and shaping us. And Paul's trying to point out here that that you need to focus on what God is doing, what God is containing in you. And so this is kind of hard for me because at um, my church, I don't really get to teach or preach um, because they disagree with me all the time. And so we have this discussion. And so I'm going to ask some questions, but I'm hoping that you guys will engage with me. Um, But what are some examples of what I'm going to call deform us? Some, Some examples of what form and shape us, but not in a godly way. And what God intends. So we can help each other start to point these out. And, and I'll, I'll give you a quick example um, from Scripture. Um, think of Israel and Egypt. What, what's forming and shaping them, right? We're, we're worthless. I mean, Pharaoh and Egypt is saying, you're only as good as the amount of bricks that you produce, Right? And we know the story, produce more, produce more bricks. Hey, there's not enough. I don't care, have them produce more than they did when they had all they needed to produce the bricks, right? Produce more, more, and more. And that starts to become their identity. So much so that as they're seeking freedom, they're like, we wish we were back in Egypt. And, and, and God says, no, you're not what you produce. I'm the God of the Sabbath, and I give you this gift to say that your identity is no longer rooted in what you produce, but is rooted in the gift that I give you. So so what are some of those things that we don't pay attention to that form and shape us, that deform and shape us in bad ways? Outward Outward appearance. 
I mean, I'm doing good if that's, if that's the case, right? Yeah, our outward appearance. Social media. Capitalism. Capitalism. Age. Age. I'm getting there. I'm in pain every day. Employment, Employment right? Sorry, over here. Broken relationships. Social status. I'm sorry, what? Trauma? Comfort. Huh? Comfort. Comfort? I mean, do we start to see all these things that start to affect and shape us how we're formed? And Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So that we don't lose heart. Um, I, I was thinking about a treasure, and I brought I brought these pots. And these are super cheap at Lowe's. And um, if you go some, has anyone gone to buy one of these clay jars before? And what do you see by the clay jars display? Broken pieces. <laughs> of clay jars, right? And you got to shift through, you know, I think these were like five or six bucks a piece, not that much. But what goes in them and what contains them is important. It, 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 it's a vessel, which, which we are, um, and within this particular clay jar, um, what do we put inside of it? Life, right? We want, we want something to grow and sprout and reveal something, right, that's hidden right now. But, um, but this life, it's kind of a, not a very good metaphor for, for Paul because it is fragile. And, and they are so disposable. But, but the problem is that we, we have this treasure in jars of clay Mindy put this beautiful tablecloth here um, because um, life comes at us, and what does it do? It whacks us, and it cracks us. We, we might not be broken at first, but if I do a little tap, what's going to happen? A little piece comes off. Then a big piece falls, and more, and more, and more, until we continue to break. And it, it's not just one vessel that gets broken, but we're other people, right? And, and so what are the things that begin to start to break us? I mean, does everyone feel holy and put together right now? Health. So, so health comes. Someone said age, and, and I'm in constant pain all the time, so that starts to break me. And what else? 
Grief, loss and grief. What else? Fear. All these things begin to break us. On and on it goes. And we take these pieces of our now fragmented life and, and what are the consequences of this fragmentation in our lives? When, when we have two fragmented people come together, what do they begin to do? These, these aren't soft pieces, by the way. It's very dangerous. They can sometimes try to break each other. They can sometimes break each other. We can hurt and wound and cut one another because of our fragmentation. Right, I, I, was, I took a sabbatical, what has it been, about four and a half, five years ago, and I'm a very compassionate, loving person. Matt, you would say, Jason is the most loving person you know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, and, and I feel like I have a high capacity for people, but, but I was getting fragmented. And I got compassion fatigue. I, I, would, I, I would sit and be with people who were hurting, who were broken. My dad was very sick at the time. I didn't share that because as a fragmented person, I didn't want to burden other people with it. Um, but in my mind, as a fragmented person, I was cussing this other person out. This happened day after day. A pastor who had no compassion, patience, or love. And, and we think we're hiding that, right? And, and I started to notice it. Uh, a friend um, who I work with, his name's Michael, and uh, he, I call him Lil Mikey. And, and when he started calling, I started asking, what's up? What do you need? He started noticing something's wrong. When I went to my elders and I said, I, I, I think I need to go on a sabbatical. And I said, it either needs to be, it needs to be in the summer, so it either needs to be this summer. And before I could say next summer, they go, take off this summer. And, and I, I thought I was hiding it. <laughs> but they could see it and know it. And they loved me <laughs> despite that. But we, we get diminished health. We, we lack the ability to continue to go on. And so what happens with us if we are these earthen vessels? Um, I believe God is continually reforming us and shaping us. There's a beautiful word called shalom in the Bible. And shalom isn't just peace. It's wholeness. It's, it's fully right, fully whole, fully together. N.T. Wright says, we are saved not as souls, but saved as wholes. And there's a beautiful art in Japan called kintsugi. Have you guys heard of this? 
They take broken, broken earthen jars, and, and they add this gold glue and put it back together. And to them, those are the most beautiful pieces of art. Because it takes time, it takes patience, it takes gentleness. And what it reveals is that we are better as fragmented wholes. This is the, the, the strangeness, the upside downness of God and how He works, that He, he reveals His glory in these everyday, normal, disposable vessels and reveals his glory as he puts us back together and makes us whole. That out of our woundedness and fragmentation that we are reformed. And he integrates all of that. So these light momentary sufferings, God reforms and integrates into your life. I, I wanted you to be blessed today. And, and I, heard, I heard Ryan um, talk about the value of this church in the city. Um, you are known. You're known by a little pastor in Fullerton. You're known because of the ministry and love that you reveal. And so God doesn't want you to lose heart. He wants you to know that you are more than fine. You are being put back together. And so at the end of service, as you walk out, um, I'm going to break some more pieces just for dramatic effect um, and so that there's more pieces to go around. But I, I want you to go to grab a piece. And we all have our own stories. We're all fragmented by different things. Is that enough? Can we count them all? Could someone count all these pieces and the amount of people who are here? Um, and I want you to take that piece. And it doesn't have to be today, but at some point I want you to reflect on, on one piece of fragment in your life that you want God to reform and shape you. Or maybe it's a piece that you've already seen and experienced that God has integrated back into your life to make you whole and holy. And realize that, that this is not some part of you to hide. But it's, it's exactly what reveals the goodness, the love, the mercy, the grace, and your own precious belovedness. And realize that I no longer want this fragmentation to cut and hurt others. But I want this fragmentation to help make others whole as well. Because the beauty of what God does when he makes us whole is that um, we are an instrument in that. And that's what Paul's saying. 
that we get to be a part of helping one another be wholly formed in God. And so that needs to be our focus. And know that, that, that your fragmentation and woundedness only allows others to be healed and made whole because God has made that whole in you. Let me pray for you. Lord, please let this church know that they are deeply and radically loved by you. Let them know the goodness that over all the years they have been present in this community, Lord, that they are still present and aware of your work now in and around the lives that surround them. Lord, bring healing and wholeness, not just to, to our individual lives, but Lord, use us to bring that healing and wholeness to those around us. It's in your name. Amen.
I believe this is when we're doing the sending and blessing. Okay, sure. I'm not used to all this format. Uh, I, you guys just gave us a gift. We don't have a choir at, at our church, so what a gift. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for the choir. That was a huge blessing. And um, we want to leave you with a blessing. And as a church, um, we pray over one another as we, we leave on Sunday morning. So I'm going to ask you to, to pray with us and pray over one another as we say this blessing together. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you guys so much. What a gift. You guys are amazing. Thanks.